Hello, ladies. Have I got the kitchen product for you? It cuts through vegetable fiber, animal flesh, and there's a 50-50 chance of it's ripping its way through quarter-inch steel armor plate. It's the epitome of fine Swiss cutlery and the ultimate kitchen tool. Direct from Nightmare on Elm Street, it's Krupp Industries Kitchen Claw. The Kitchen Claw is five-tempered steel blades that can be strapped to your own hand. It is endorsed by Cordon Bleu chefs and soldiers of fortune throughout the world. It looks equally at home on Julia Child as it does on battle-hardened Contras. No mere appliance or utensil, the Kitchen Claw is all business. It slices, it dices, it rips, rends, and tears. It chops, lops, and fixes the cat. Sure, the Kitchen Claw means many things to many people, but for you poor slobs at home slaving over a hot kitchen stove, it means respect. The Kitchen Claw from Krupp Industries. Buy it before someone else in your family does. It's the Duck Logic Comedy Half Hour. 30-ish minutes of sketch comedy, improv, songs, and whatnot pulled from the audio archives of Duck Logic, a Chicago improv group that produced their own two-hour comedy show called The Cavalcade that played on WLUP AM 1000 radio in Chicago back in the day. Plus, there's some new stuff thrown in for good measure. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a kooky stroll down memory lane with Duck Logic. Because they're wacky comedy guys. Just a bunch of comedy guys. Funnier than they realize. Those wacky, kooky, cut-up comedy guys. It was a special time. A time that comes only once a year. It was that time when it's not quite Christmas, but well beyond Thanksgiving. That magical time of year when nothing particularly unique or noteworthy ever happens. Let's look in on the Andersons as they're about to sit down at the table and eat another dinner during that holiday season. Okay, I guess it's getting about time we sat down to eat. But gee, Pop... Grandpa isn't home from the hospital yet. And he might not be for a while, Joey. They won't know what's wrong with Grandma until they run a lot of expensive tests. Okay, but it's going to be kind of hard eating without knowing how Grandma's going to be. I get that, would you, son? Oh, sure thing, Pop. Hey, it's Grandpa. Grandpa, yeah, howdy, Grandpa. Grandpa. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Uh, happy holidays. Uh, I came here directly from the hospital. And Grandma is, well, she... She could know, die at any moment if, if we all don't unite in the spirit of the holiday season? No, 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 little Joey. She's doing fine, just fine. I'll be picking her up later this afternoon. I guess we'll have to look elsewhere for our post-Thanksgiving pre Christmas drama. Hey, what's what's for dinner? They all sat down to an average run-of-the-mill between important holiday meal, feeling dejected and believing more than ever that this holiday season would be just like every other one before it. Empty and meaningless, falling from one's memory banks almost as instantly as it occurs, when suddenly there was a knock at the door. Get that, would you, son? Ah, sure thing, Pop. Hello, who are you? Hello, little one. I'm an angel. And? Well, I've been waiting outside your house for almost two days, hoping someone here could have a problem that I could solve. Uh, you see, I'm trying to earn my halo. Oh, uh, hey, Dad, uh, it's an angel that wants to give one of us a helping hand so he can work his way through angel school. Tell him to come back at the end of the month. We'll try to have a problem for him by then. Oh, uh, my, my dad says to come back later in the month. Give me a break, kid. I, I'm trying to make it home for Christmas this year. Well, I'm really sorry, but, uh, you see, last year, 
some other angel cured my bad leg. Our mortgage isn't due until uh, mid-January, and everybody here already knows the true meaning of Christmas. Oh, well, couldn't you just w walk me to the front gate and uh, maybe sort of, you know, slip on the ice? What? I'd be right there to catch you. Honest, I have to. I'm an angel. Now, you must have seen enough holiday specials to know that that doesn't count. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. Oh, well, uh, I guess I'll see you at the end of the month then. I'm, hey, I'm hey, sure. hey, wait a minute. I think the kid in, in the big red house at the end of the block lost one of his G.I. Joes yesterday. You might be able to lend him a helping hand. Was it his favorite one? Well, no, not really. Oh. He didn't even know it was gone till I pointed it out to him. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Happy holidays. Ah, same to you. Little Joey slowly made his way back to the table where the family finished their meal absolutely expressionless. It looked like there was no hope for excitement during this year's holiday season when suddenly a knock was heard coming from the door. Get that, would you, son? Uh, sure thing, Pop. Hello, it's uh, me, Bing Crosby. I've used this magic scarf to come back from the dead and add a little sparkle to the holiday season. Hey, uh, Dad, it's Bing Crosby. Uh, tell him we're allergic to orange juice and that we always like Bob Hope best. Uh, my dad says, uh, go, go swing on a star. I heard. Say, little boy, can I tempt you into learning a lesson about the evils of greed by giving you this magic scarf? Uh, geez, uh, I don't know. But boy, its power is infinite. You'll control all that you see and get just what you want for Christmas. Well, we sure could use an antagonist in this story. Hey, Joey, close the door and come back to the table. We're about to have dessert. Ah, uh, look, Bing, buddy, uh, I gotta go. You better keep the scarf. It's getting pretty cold out here tonight. Uh, happy holidays. But, 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 but. So the Andersons accidentally closed the door on their only hope for an interesting plot. Yes, it's that holiday season. That time just after the Thanksgiving feast has turned into useless fat and the warm glow of the Christmas celebration has not yet made itself known. That holiday season when nothing particularly unique or noteworthy ever happens. Oh boy, are we busy. Our robes are drenched with sealer. We three kings of Orient are Doing driveways we traverse so far Driveway need resurfacing? Don't worry, this winter hire the only year-round blacktop surface It's as good as gold when you call up We three kings of Orient are Blacktop surfaces, no surfaces too rough for we three kings of Orient are. Blacktop surfacings. If it smells like an outhouse, chances are you've been surfaced by We three kings of Orient are. Blacktop surfacings. Just look for the truck with the blacktop dripping splattered all over the faces of the tile-headed three kings. And don't forget our special holiday gift offer. 100 square feet for $30, and we'll throw in a bucket of frankincense patch and more oil cleaner, and every customer gets a fruit cake. That's... We three kings of Orientar. Blacktop surfacings, located at Frank's house, which is kind of behind the, uh, the Italian Greek strawberry farm. Do you know where that is? Okay, well, do you know where that warehouse is? How about the Kmart? In Illinois, Illinois. A little gin and tonic. It's going to get wild. <laughs> Only There's my no first one. There's no telling what's going to happen now. Oh, man. <laughs> Hold on. Some... Ooh, what do you got there? Yeah. I got fresh brewed coffee. I've got some uh, mint tea. You know, that, that sounds like a good choice, James Rowe. Leakers. <laughs> yeah.
we were talking about talking about games we played as a kid. Did you guys talk about electric games like electric football and all that stuff? Oh, I forgot about electric football. It just they all just get in the middle of the like field and nothing happens. There were these two guys you could actually lock arm in arm and they would yeah. just spin around in they a would, little circle together. They would, they would dosey do. Yeah, the linebacker ones that had their arms out. Yeah. <laughs> And then the place kicker that would kick that little felt football that (laughs) you should lose after the first kick for sure because it's only smaller than your little fingernail. I mean, I had blocking schemes. I had this guy's going to, and they're just end up together like a big bush (laughs) just to make a difference. Yeah, well, it's kind (laughs) of sort of how it happens in real life. Sort of. Yes. (laughs) What did you? I just want to say that anything you plugged in was a game that was doomed. For sure. Put your hand on a thing maker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, thing maker. I had a thing maker. Oh, yeah. I did. I didn't still did. I had a thing maker, and I I actually would sell the, the little things at school. The first oh, early set was just like bugs, right? Just yes, yeah. it was like yeah. creepy crawlers. It was creepy, creepy crawlers. crawlers. Creepy crawlers. Yeah. Oh, good. Right, Wall. Creepy yeah. crawlers. That yeah. Was, oh, yeah. 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 They're always like, flat on one side. My favorite did. part about they had the, gobbledygook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Edible, cre- you could eat. incredible edibles. Wait, oh, like, what are you talking about? Pot now or what? No? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, those are incredible <laughs> edibles too. The best thing about the thing maker was that it, I mean, it's literally a hot plate and they would just let kids do it. And I would be in my dad's bedroom on the floor on the carpet, plugging it in and sitting there watching TV. And then you'd have to you, you put the little metal thing in the hot part. And then you kind of leave to go yes. somewhere like the bathroom or something. Idea. And then you get distracted and you come back and it's just black smoke coming out your dad's bedroom. And you go, oh, crap. And it's like a stinky. <laughs> I mean, it's like really hot. So you can't just grab it. You got to use little tongs and then you put it in some water. Yeah, that was a good. That, and I think it's a UL approved. So UL approved they did too many tests. That's an underwriter lab. That's UL. I like the <laughs> hockey game that you yeah. twisted the guys yeah. on rods. You know, you have the, like five or six rods on your side and you jam your guys up and down and. I had my cousins were so good no, at the game and they just kicked my butt every single time because I was like, well, wait, um, wait, that, that's Over the guy with the wait. Um, and he spit, wait. Ding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think Jim was talking about the kind of games we play outside summer. We yes. run around and. I went to a Catholic school. There's like two classes of first grade, two classes of second grade, and each class had like 60 kids in it. Oh, geez. And so. Yeah, the Catholic. During work, well, you know, that's why the nuns beat you, because they had a hard time keeping control of 16 kids in each class. But during recess during the winter, the principal, Sister Regina Marie, she would control the snowball fights, and it would be the 7th and 8th graders against everyone else. And we had a feeling. Wait, that be... They were sanctioned? Yeah. It was like the, she would stand in the middle of the field, and her arms would go up and go, get them! <laughs> And it was like the charge of the life brigade with like sixth graders and under going into the jaws of death of the seventh graders. That's, that's good. Yeah, the second graders against the biggest kids in the school. Well, they would. I would say they would hang back. I call that a life lesson game. <laughs> Educational games, yes. And we're all in uniform. You know, we have the black pants with the white shirts. <laughs> I don't 
always, I always envied Catholic school kids because I was like, what the hell, man? They have nuns and they have like all this craziness happening all the time. We would make up we, one day. I remember one particular incident. Someone had just had some gardening done in the neighborhood, some of the parent or whatever. And so there are a lot of little dirt clods. And so we just started having this dirt ball fight across a couple of different yards yeah. <laughs> until, the, until the adults came out and said, what the, what do you do? Because there was just dirt everywhere. There was just dirt. I mean, because we we're just throwing it over bushes and there was just dirt everywhere. And I mean, like, you know, driveways and sidewalks and now, you know. I just oh, say something. Kids are going to be kids. We were into paper airplanes and we'd make these airplanes that you, you fold them and fold them and fold them until they're just sort of this like skinny little airplane. And that wasn't enough for us. We took straight pins and epoxied them to the front of the airplanes. And if you an epoxy, Ouch. it's long curing epoxy. So it's you have to wait for them like an hour or so, but they were hard as a rock and they were just pins sticking out. And then we throw them at each other. <laughs> and at each other. At each other. Uh-huh. No one lost an eye, but a couple of people had, you know, airplanes sticking out of their shoulders or whatever. It was it was I just say yeah. the one like me, the one parent in the neighborhood, the kids are gonna be kids. <laughs> I was with my brother in our bedroom and for some reason the face of the dressers came off and they had the little brass handles. You could use that as a shield. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. for some reason we were throwing dartboard darts at yep. each other. Yeah. <laughs> and it was going tick and then yep. one stuck in the ceiling above my brother. And then he put the shield down and hit him in the top of the head. It dropped. <laughs> And for you know, for a minute, it just stood there, <laughs> wondering what was come had become of itself. Yeah. Oh, it probably didn't See, have a I lot know. of force behind it. It was just coming off the. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't affected <laughs> it him at all. all that dirty or anything, so you don't need to worry no. about getting into your bloodstream. I wish he could run downstairs with it sticking out of his head. Mom, that's a good visual right there. A bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got a dart in the head. Many amusement parks close down in the winter, but sub-zero temperatures and steel hard ice only add to the thrills at Splatterland! Ah! You won't forget the first time one of your loved ones is crushed to a pulp on an avalanche ride! Fun seekers are led down to the bottom of our man-made mountain valley by drunken Swiss guides, where the slightest noise sends thousands of tons of ice and snow roaring down the slopes with incredible force! Ah! And for the toddlers, there's Kiss the Pole. Our 40-foot steel pole is always kept well below freezing, so the instant flesh touches steel, it's a bob for life. <laughs> the pole is then spun over 40 revolutions per minute for added thrills. You can't keep the kids away from this one. Ah! Or rent one of our supercharged snowmobiles and take on beautiful Lake Undertow. Plucky riders will be taken on a 100-mile-per-hour joyride without benefit of brakes or throttle control over the seemingly frozen surface of the lake. The appendages fly as snowmobiles, thin ice, and slow customers all beat at this popular death trap. Special discounts to groups and anyone from Wisconsin! Yay! So before cabin fever burns up your sense of fun, drive too fast for conditions to Splatterland! <laughs> Good morning, boys and girls. I'm Edie, the breakfast fairy, with the daily diet calendar. Today's food is, hmm, eggnog. Eggnog is a good thing, drink some every single day. Eggnog is a good thing, makes your troubles go away. Eggnog is a good thing, drink some every single day.
drink some, yes you can. So make a cup of eggnog part of your breakfast plan. Good morning, Mr. Eggnog. Can you tell the boys and girls what you're made of? Why, sure, Edie. I'm a cholesterol speedball made by blending plenty of good old-fashioned heavy cream and farm-fresh eggs with just the right amount of corn sweeteners, carrageenan, guar gum, and potassium phosphate in order to give you the best-tasting cup of cheer you'll have all year. <laughs> Mix me with Mr. Rum and a dash of nutmeg, and I can become a holiday favorite, especially at office Christmas parties. <laughs> or I can help pry open a boss's closed mind, a co-worker's tight lips, or even a secretary's hidden abilities. <laughs> yes, Edie, eggnog is a good thing, and it's in season. Thank you, Mr. Eggnog, and remember, boys and girls, you are what you eat. Here's another boss holiday tune wholly created and copyrighted by those groovy guys and a gal from Duck Logic off their Holiday Hokum album. Available now on Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, I think, and wherever else fine music parodies are streamed. It's that special time of year again. When Santa brings holiday cheer again Filling up all of our stockings with ease Putting out his gifts under all of the trees But we're here to tell you there's more to it than that Cause we just can't keep it stuffed up under our hats Last year we hid while our family was sleeping And when Santa came in, a small guy went creeping His mark is the mischievous elf Watch out for that guy and his bad self He's Mark is the mischievous elf. He likes to have fun when no one is looking. All year his practical jokes have been cooking. He drew mustaches on our family's faces, then hid our remotes in mysterious places. He dropped chunks of reindeer into our shoes and added tap water to all of our booze. He got on our laptop and found chicks then email them out to our dad's contact list he's mark is the mischievous elf he'll rearrange the things on your shelf he's mark is the mischievous elf he put whoopee cushions in all of our chairs and fresh banana peels at the top of the stairs big plastic spiders went into our drawers and he sprayed cooking oil all Salt's in the bowl that used to have sugar Our classic shag rug is now full of his boogers He stirred instant jello in our toilet bowl Ain't one drop of Christmas anywhere in his soul He's Mark is the mischievous elf His tricks aren't very good for your health He's Mark is the mischievous elf So if you have a joke that you want to play, you can blame Marcus, do you hear what we say? Have all your fun and claim that you hid, and that you saw Marcus just like we did. Adults might say that it's a bad thing to do, but they pretend there's a Santa, so you pretend too. You may get on the bad list, but that won't last long. You'll be good by next Christmas, so come sing along. 
the mischievous elf. Watch out for that guy and his bad self. Yeah, Mark is the mischievous elf. Yeah, Mark is the mischievous elf. You get it? He's Mark is the mischievous elf. It was us. <laughs> Mark is the mischievous elf. Sure, fine. Do you have the list? Uh, it's in one of the bags. Uh, I think the Marshall Fields bag. Uh, no, it's not in here. Well, try the Madigan's bag. Yeah, here it is. We're doing okay. We're halfway through. I'm all the way through. Why don't you finish the list, and I'll just take five minutes on this bench. No. Most of the people left are your relatives. Good, good. Uh, we'll just send them Christmas cards with money. Uh, give them each a fiver. Go buy the cards, and I'll just snap a bit. Walter, we've just got about ten names left. Cookies. Bake them cookies. Or we could just buy cookies and say we baked them. Uh, my mother did it for years. Knock it off, Walter. What should we get for your Uncle Bosco? Bosco? Uncle Bosco? Well, what did we get him last year? I can't remember. I think we gave him that stuffed frog we bought in Mexico last year. Well, if you ask me, a stuffed frog is worth a couple of Christmases. I say we got your Uncle Bosco covered. He's not my uncle. He's your uncle. No, I always thought he was your uncle. He was on your side of the aisle when we got married. Well, that's because your side was all filled up. He's not my uncle. Maybe his first name is Uncle. This is ridiculous. Let me see that Christmas list. Who is this, Tom Perper? You have Tom Perper on this list? Well, yes. You're buying a Christmas present for the guy you were having an affair with. It wasn't an affair, Walter. We were just having a little trouble in our relationship. You hated my guts. And Tom is such a wonderful dentist. Well, say la vie, Nespa. It was years ago, Walter. Why is he on our Christmas list? Dentists that you can trust are so hard to find, Walter. They're like good mechanics. I don't want to burn any bridges. This is really taking the joy out of the Christmas season for me, Anne. I hope, I hope you know that. Oh, grow <laughs> up, Mr. Sensitive. Pick up that Hamaker Schmurler bag and we'll finish the rest of the list. Well, you know, we didn't buy anything at Hamaker Schlemmer's. Oh, well, we didn't, did we? No, we didn't. Well, what's in the bag, then? Uh, let's see, uh, wrapping paper, some bows, and, uh, a baby. A baby what? Uh, a human baby. Really? Is it made out of porcelain or marble or And it's a baby. A living, breathing baby. Oh, Walter, you've got to be kidding. Let me see. <coughs> My God, you're right, it's a baby. <coughs> no lie, Sherlock. <coughs> oh, and it's sleeping. What a cutie pie. Well, if it's in a Hamaker Schlemmer bag, maybe it's a flashlight or a radio, too. No, Walter, it's a little baby. Yes, yes, yes. What a beautiful little baby. Yes, I'm smiling. Well, what are we going to do, Ann? Oh, um, we shouldn't make any loud noises. Ann, we found a baby sleeping in the bottom of a shopping bag from a store where we haven't shopped. Now, do we return her to the store, or do we just drop her off at the lost and found, or do we get a refund, or what? <gasps> Walter, don't you see it? This is a miracle. A Christmas miracle. We found a baby sleeping in a gift bag in a shopping mall. Isn't it obvious? We're in the middle of one of those holiday classics. Like, like it's a wonderful life or, or a Christmas carol. Holiday Inn or Miracle on 34th Street. It's not that simple, Ann. This is a comedy show. There has to be some twist, some simple, stupid reversal that'll turn this all into a joke. <laughs> oh, Walter. 
I've always wanted to be in a holiday favorite. People will listen to this sketch for years, and their children and their children's children will both be loved and admired, and people will ask us about what it was like when we performed the sketch, and if the cast liked each other. Uh, and, uh... Stop it. If you're going to babble, get away from the microphone. This is the comedy cavalcade. That baby will turn out to be made of chocolate, or it'll become a Cuban boat person, or we'll find out everyone already's got a baby for Christmas. It, 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 there's a joke coming, and I'm not going to let myself fall for it. Oh, it's your Uncle Bosco. Oh, I bet he's an angel or something like that. That's why he was at the wedding. Oh, it was a test, a test to see if we could keep sending him presents every Christmas. Uncle Bosco is a joke, Anne, and not a very funny one at that. We're both being led to the slaughter. Can't you see that? The writer has lost control of the script, and now he doesn't know how to end it. He'll probably just fade me out and bring in a stupid voiceover, hoping to cover his own ass, but he's not going to get away with it. There it goes, see, you coward. And so, Walter and Anne... No way, Shakespeare. You better find some way to end this thing, and it better not turn out to be a running gag. Walter, look! The baby's eyes are so funny. See, it's a running gag. I can tell. I can feel it. That's it. Oh, man, I cannot... Nothing captures the true spirit of the holiday season. Nothing wraps that time of year in its own special glow. Nothing says Christmas to me like having my picture taken with Jesus. Let the kids have their Santa, jolly old elf in his big red suit. Give me the king of kings any old day. Spiffing up the kids, packing them in the pickup, and heading out to the Moolah Mall for a visit with JHC, it's like a religious experience for me. The line is long usually, sure, especially the closer you get to his day. It winds around the mall sometimes, way past the farming fleet, up toward the cookie hut. But I don't mind. It's the least I could do for a few minutes with my man. I'm all grown up, but I still get NASCAR weak in the knees at the thought of standing that close to the son of the big guy. Like that time I saw Dale Earnhardt and a John off I-55. Only different. Inching closer to my moment, waiting for the other believers and their kids and stepkids and babies out of wedlock. I'm already itching in my heart for this yearly baptismal booster shot. I visualize how it's going to go, what I'm going to say, how I'm not going to try and touch him like I tried to do the year before. You can't sit on his lap, which is a big shame, or wish for presents, and his angel assistants shoo you away after a minute or so. But at my mall anyway, you get to pick from three poses for the pitcher. Golfing buddies, arm around your shoulder, getting healed on your knees, that one costs a little extra, and palms out stigmata. Right after the flash, but before they push me off the platform, I always tell him, happy birthday. I think he likes that. I tell him it must be tough having your birthday so close to Christmas, because you're always getting combination gifts. My buddy Earl was born on the 28th, and he's always complaining. People spend half as much money on the one combo gift than if your birthday was in June and you got two total. So I can sort of relate, I say to him. His silence tells me all I need to know. I asked him once what the H stood for in his middle name, you know, Jesus H. Christ, but he wasn't talking. Earl says Homer. I've, I've got a feeling it's Hank. Folks can be touchy about their middle names. I've just sort of now forgiven my parents for sticking me with Marion as my middle moniker. Call it an uneasy truce. I guess deep down I know he's not the real Jesus, just one of Jesus' helpers because, like my wife tells me, Jesus can't be everywhere at once, Jimmy Joe. It's not like he's magical. So even though sometimes I can see the elastic of his Jesus beard, and sometimes the Savior smells like Axe body spray, 
I'd like to think I'm back in his time, posing for pictures in some open market mall where the money changers set up shop. Maybe it's the 12-pack kicking in, but I get all warm inside. So overall, it's a great way to spend a Saturday morning, knocking back a few before football comes on, waiting for a little one-on-one photo op with God Jr. The wife and kids get an extra dip in the waiting pool of faith, and I get a weight room wall full of matte-finished memories. Merry Christmas to y'all, and to y'all a good time. Well, there you have it, the Duck Logic Comedy Half Hour Show number 33. Featuring in alphabetical order, David Dunlosky, Tom Giannis, Ann and Walter Mitchka, James F. Russell, and Tim Thomas. Marcus the Elf, written and performed by David, from our collection of songs called Holiday Hokum, available on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever fine music is streamed. Why don't you join us next time? Subscribe to the Comedy Half Hour and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Our website is ducklogiccomedy.com, and our old cable show is Cableville USA. You can find it somewhere on YouTube. Portions of the show were previously broadcast on the radio way back in the day, under the copyright of Duck Logic Limited and the licenses of WLUP AM and FM in Chicago. How's that uh, list coming along?